0: Hello and welcome to the Horn Call podcast, the official podcast of the International Horn Society. My name is James Bolden, the publications editor for the IHS and your host. We are in episode six in... 2021. I am going into 2021, as I hope you are, with uh, lots of optimism and positivity. Um, those are two words that I would use to describe our very special guest today, Freudus. Uh Very few artists in uh, the classical realm especially can uh, be known by simply one name, but Freudis is among those. Uh, she needs very little introduction, and I don't want to Take too much time away from our uh, interview that you're about to hear. We had a wonderful discussion. We talked about her recent book, Collected Writings, which is just a wonderful addition to the pedagogy and, um, you know, uh, uh, inspirational and motivational uh library for for horn players and and all musicians i think she's a, a brilliant musician very creative very personable uh this was uh, i'm kind of embarrassed to say this but this was actually our my first time meeting her um uh, online or virtually, uh, my first time speaking with her, and we just had a, a delightful time uh really enjoyed getting her 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 thoughts on uh how to stay motivated through many many years of teaching and playing thoughts on um, things varying from intonation to uh her uh long uh friendship uh and and mutual collaborations with uh iblansky auto another ihs honorary member who uh, you may remember from the new year's special episode we featured uh he unfortunately passed in 2020 and we honored him with our new year's uh special episode um make sure you listen to the entire conversation with uh, Freudis. at the end there's some special archived audio from her 1982 performance at the International Horn Symposium in Avignon this is a very very famous recording of uh, Buyanovsky's Espana from his uh, four traveling impressions uh, it's a wonderful piece and Freudis does such a tremendous job with it uh, It's it's hard to believe it's a live performance the applause at the end has been cut out but trust me it's there. I've heard the original uh, unedited recording, and it, it, of course this is unedited, but it's, uh, the applause has been edited out at the end, so you can give your own applause. Uh, without further uh, uh, commentary from me, here is my discussion with Freudus. my guest today on the Horn Call podcast, the, the one and only Freudis. I am so glad you were able to be here today. And I, I can't tell you how honored I feel uh, to, to be speaking with you. Thank you so much.
1: You're very welcome. I'm honored too.
0: <laughs> and w- where are you calling in from?
1: Well, I'm at home in uh,
0: Oslo, Norway. Okay, so it's, um, uh, what did what we worked out the time difference? It's about, was it eight hours or something? From Louisiana,
1: I think so. Yeah, it's four o'clock now here.
0: Yeah. So, uh, I, m- my day started. I was working with some high school students on online. I was uh, not able to be in their in their high school classroom, but uh, we did this thing, the Zoom thing, and it was it was okay. It was uh, not like being there. I'm so I like to be in the same room as the students. You
1: know, hard uh, hard time. I mean. In, uh, in uh, Norway where I live, uh, I think the authorities have done a good job like in the middle of March, lockdown, everything and uh, of course all my planned travels and things to do were cancelled basically, so mm-hmm. it was super boring <laughs> but but then I got uh, on with my book, so I'm really happy about that. yeah
0: I, I think that would be a great place to start and I've I've been reading it. So oh good for you it's, it's fantastic so this is your uh your second book this is called collecting collected writings and could maybe um uh, give us just a little bit of an overview of the book. Now, there's already a fantastic interview in the British uh, Horn Society magazine, which I read, and that's that's an excellent, excellent description of your book. And I, I I think every every horn player should have both of your books on their shelf, teachers and and students, uh, professionals. Um, but maybe just talk a little bit about, and there's quite a bit of time between your, your first book and this one. So you'd you have a lot of experiences to bring to this book and uh, real world and life experiences as well. Um, so maybe tell us a little bit about collected writings.
1: Yeah, it's uh, between the first book and, and now I have been writing. I have been writing some articles for various uh, journals about professional things you know in the field, and I've been writing notes for my students because I like to write and try to explain things uh, and also to save time in the lessons because people you know they can play the lesson and time flies and then they have this issue, and I'm thinking I gotta, gotta explain it better uh, so then I, I write stuff and then already 10-15 years ago, I was starting to think I should collect these articles uh, and uh, then, of course, I have things to do and, uh, you know, so it just didn't happen, and then <laughs> this <laughs> pandemic happened, so I was like, okay, I get something to do, so, uh, and I was very pleased to get the help of Marilyn Boncos. you know, she was a great editor and mm-hmm. critical you know why do you write it this way you know <laughs> oh excuse me uh she was right i mean 99.9 percent of the time <laughs> mm-hmm. and even the title we we argued about because she collected writing so i said then what it's nothing that the people want to understand what it's about you know it could be anything and she says oh no your name says it all and I was like, wow, oh, I feel good now. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway, so the, when I finally got it in my hand, the book, I realized it was really heavy. It, it's small, it's not very big, it's a 60 pages or something, but it's heavy duty, <laughs> serious <laughs> stuff, you know? So I'm almost thinking not for students, you know, only for teachers, you know, only for professionals. But of course, if you write, read it one article at a time, slowly it could be interesting for for students as well. I mean, it is interesting. It's just that I'm, it could have been more more drawings and more stuff in it, but <laughs> it's serious. But then there's a little humor at the end. You probably caught that. About uh, oh, the-
0: I, absolutely, yeah. The, I, I especially like uh, where you go through the alphabet and every, you know, the, the various, uh qualities of a teacher uh you know a for this then b for and uh i i think i've seen and experienced many of those in other teachers you know (laughs) your personality comes through in in everything so that's fantastic
1: yeah i do like humor i think humor is something to be taken very seriously (laughs) because how can they survive without you know
0: especially now so yeah yeah so that's
1: uh But I am, I'm pleased with it and uh, I'm happy that it happened.
0: (laughs) So, well, and congratulations again, it it is a fantastic book. Um, One thing you mentioned, it's short, but I don't think it's too short. I I think what makes it um, so useful is the language is so concise. It's very clear, and I think that's a, an aspect of good horn teaching, and you even mentioned in the book many teachers talk too much, <laughs> oh, boy. And, and so I, I guess my question is how uh, over the years as you perfect and, and refine your teaching, how ha- how have you been able to learn to get to the point so quickly and be so clear when working with a student?
1: Well, I had the very good help from a, a group of colleagues in the Scandinavian countries. We came together like this must be almost 30 years ago. And uh, everybody was eager to, to learn more about teaching. So we met once a year and uh, we had this couple of pedagogues that were like teaching children. And a couple of us were teaching adults, I mean students. And so there was a lot of interaction between us. You know, we could pick up stuff that they did that could be very useful for the adults. And of course the opposite, because the, the kids' teachers, they were, they were not always setting the standard high, like on intonation or on artistic expression, mm-hmm. because, you know, they're only kids, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you look at um, string players and pianist teachers, you you know the kids they don't just play the piece they play the piece you know <laughs> they 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 learn really these artistic tricks early in in the easy repertoire uh, and also they if there's somebody gifted they let them try the harder stuff relatively really early and so that they don't get the fear you know all oh, these is too hard for you and well some pieces are too hard but <laughs> <they> come in <laughs> so um, anyway and the worst thing that we did for me was that we uh, agreed to send in a videotape of our own teaching <laughs> and then we met and we had to write out the dialogue in english because the our colleague from finland is not so strong in, in Norwegian or Swedish, so we wrote it out, you know. And I, I, I wrote the dialogue. I only listened to the audio, the sound. I didn't see the gestures and whatever. So it was like this, you know. Fredis, blah 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 blah. Student, hmm. Fredis, blah blah, blah 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 blah. Student, okay. I've read this, blah, 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 blah. It was incredible. It was terrible. So I recommend for everybody to <laughs> do it, you know. And then, of course, when I saw the video, it was a little better because there were gestures and there were interaction without words. But they call it dialogue, but certainly it was a monologue, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so it's really, it takes uh, a- attention to oneself, you know, to, how can i say this in the simplest way or how can i just focus on one element mm-hmm. uh, and maybe mention a couple of elements and just like this we need to fix maybe here but for now let's focus on
0: mm-hmm. whatever you know? no, knowing knowing what to leave out and what to right. yeah no that right. makes well and i think that's an aspect of uh you know, a good conductor as well as absolutely one that is, is yeah. clear and can explain what they want in as few yeah. words as possible it's absolutely they all talk too
1: much <laughs> no you're absolutely right and it's a it's an art form i mean like to, but when you say that my language in the book is concise I, I love thank you for that compliment but but you know i am a foreigner to the english language so that's part of it. I don't know so many academic words.
0: Oh, so, but you, your English is fantastic.
1: Wow. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing. not academic. It's not, uh, you
0: know. It doesn't no. need to be. No, it doesn't need to be. No? Yeah. That's the
1: thing. It really doesn't need to be. It can be simple, you
0: know. And, and language, I believe, is it's both, It's it can be an art form, but it's also functional if, if it gets yeah. the job done.
1: Yeah, yeah you're right. Right.
0: <laughs> your yeah. English is much better than my Norwegian.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah well that's uh, probably true but coming from small countries, you know I mean in my time, I had to learn three languages in school uh, outside of my own so mm-hmm. english German french, and of course it's it's been coming in handy when I travel
0: right yeah well, and then i was gonna i was gonna say something else about the book um it's it's incredibly positive, and I think that's such it's such a good time for it to come along because uh, you know i think at first we all hoped that this would be over in a few months <laughs> right six months right. And, and now it doesn't you know i mean who knows we're just trying to live day to day and try to get the most out of uh whatever situation we in and we're in and i think you know your your positivity throughout your career in the face of some discouragement and and discrimination and um you know, all of those things that could make one very bitter uh I, I would I'm curious how you've stayed positive uh through your, through all of your, your career.
1: Yeah, I think it's uh partly in the in the DNA. <laughs> <laughs> I have a like they talk about dogs, you know, that some dogs are are <laughs> friendly, more friendly than <laughs> others or more more happy than others. I don't know. So no, but and also of course uh, when we talked about discrimination. I cannot complain too much, you know. I haven't had, uh, I had my share, but not nothing like some people, and nothing for being a woman. Well, not I don't think so anyway, and I've chose to ignore it <laughs> if there were such occasions. Uh, mostly uh, it was an advantage because uh, at that time it was a novelty. You know, mm. I was early and i get into this orchestra and i was we were just two women one on violin and then i came in on horn i was 20 years old uh, and then that became like a news you know so i got lots of gigs playing solo with amateur orchestras and stuff in my country uh, and my colleagues moved down and said you should play first. you should play first you know uh, which i have written about in that article about aging mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought that was, you know, that's what they do in your, 40, in your 40s or 50s, you know, but now I think different, you know, they should really be practicing more and, you know, going for their, so no, I, uh, I've i had some private stuff, but, you know, I think everybody has something.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, it's, uh, as they say, it's not, uh, what, uh, we don't do how, how is that in English, how you have it, but how you take
0: it. Mm-hmm. It's what you make of right.
1: it. Yes. Yeah. And uh, one thing I didn't write in the book, I think, in in the orchestra, it's uh, very easy to become negative or cynical. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and that was uh, we had a conscious. Oh, I think I mentioned that in the uh, British interview, maybe that we I we had a club in my orchestra, a few friends, and it was called the Yacht Club. <laughs> And the, the idea of the club was to not become a member. Ah. Uh-huh. But we knew who the members were.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Work, yuck, 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 you know, complaining about the conductors and the repertoire and the salary and the car insurance. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's a lot to complain about. Uh, so we decided we had got to protect ourselves, you know, to stay healthy and not let, because negative influences can be strong and so we were like if somebody was like yucking away in the coffee break we were like look at us oh running for president
0: (laughs) i love that i love that and that's it's yeah that makes that makes so much sense and it is true that and i found this in my career that surrounding yourself with positive people is the best way to remain positive and yeah. you know you can't you shouldn't be you know mean or to anybody but you you just you, you find a way to maybe not be around those people who are so negative right. all the time
1: <laughs> right it's actually a little bit the same with nervousness you know i mean <laughs> I, I i've been to a lot of these uh international horn society workshops you know especially in the beginning i was we came back every year it was because uh, they asked me, uh, and there was some occasions with some colleague, I remember, especially one who was so nervous, and he was showing me, I got a sore on my lip, you know, Oh, like, it was like stressing the whole room, and I, I decided, you know, the best way to deal with this, escape to the ladies' room, <laughs> because it's influential, you know.
0: Absolutely, yes.
1: Well, so, like you know, just don't let it get to you.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and and you you did mention uh, aging and horn playing, and you've you've written uh, you've written some articles and talked about that. Is there are there things that you've noticed, you know, as as your career has gone on, you know, things you've had to do differently on the horn, in in particular, to just continue to be able to play and make a good sound.
1: Uh, yeah, it's been um, it's been uh, interesting. Um, because uh, I played in an orchestra in 30 years and then I left to take a full-time um, university position or academy. Uh, and then of course the practicing is different because if you, especially if you sit on first horn in a, in a full-time orchestra, you get so much practice on the gig
2: mm-hmm. and
1: they pay you for it too, <laughs> you know, it's fantastic. <laughs> So now, all of a sudden, of course, the practicing and staying in a good high level is included in the job, but you have to do it all by yourself. Mm-hmm. There's no conductors, there's no Brahms, and Beethoven, whatever symphonies to help you. Uh, so that was an interesting change. Uh, and then to to, but on the other hand, I found the time to do recordings, mm-hmm. um, and I, I would say I played my best in my fifties. As far as being strong and being able to to produce what I wanted, and the the most important thing for sound, since you mentioned that, was uh, a drunk uh, colleague in Denmark <laughs> who at one point told me, you know, it was a party after something, and he was like uh, very close and says, "Oh, Fredis, we love you," and I was like, "Yeah, thank you very much. You oh, know, that's nice." <laughs> uh, and then uh, he says, you know, it's only it's, it's only a pity that your sound cracks up when you play loud, you know. And I was like, wow! <laughs> listen, that's when you need to listen, you know, when the drunk and the kids talk. <laughs> I was so ha- so glad that somebody said that, you know. Uh, so I went home, of course, and started to do the research.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they found out that uh, there were ways to. To avoid that. Okay. But uh, since I'm, I have been a good player and a good musician and a good horn player, uh, you know, the situation in orchestras, people are, don't speak to each other about such things you know, because mm-hmm. it's sensitive. And you, many, you, I tell you, you're, you're, you're sharp on that note. And, and then you tell me, well, you're always flat, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. It becomes and personal,
1: have, yeah. I have the, yes, it becomes personal and we have the war going. So so nobody says very much, you know, except thank you for that solo or, you know, uh, or something. But, but if there's a little tendency for, like, s- sound in the loud or intonation, it's it's difficult. That's why I, I wrote that article about feedback among musicians. It's not really a lot of answers there, but there's a lot of questions.
0: hmm no, that's that's a fantastic chapter. Yes.
1: Yeah, but it's for adults, you know. <laughs> I think they, I'm not sure the kids understand, you know. <laughs> but you're, I'm glad you yet you think so. Yeah.
0: No, and uh, I, I guess the other question too is, um, I find myself. Talking to my students, especially with, during this pandemic, about staying motivated. About you know, they started start to question, well, why why am I doing this? What's even the point if we can't have live performances? And I, I try to be as encouraging as I can. And I, I I would love to hear your thoughts on staying motivated personally, and then helping helping students stay motivated.
1: Yeah, I remember um, one masterclass that we had in in. In Oslo with a colleague from France, Andre Casale. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, he's first born in Paris, orchestra de Paris, an and excellent player and uh, a teacher who produces super results. He's tough, he's <laughs> tough. but I mean, if you just, if, especially if you don't understand French, he's better because then <laughs> you don't hear the little things. But <laughs> the, but but his heart is good and he's. Um, the demands are correct I and mean, then he just is going for a high level uh, anyway so he came to uh, an exchange to, to teach my students you know, and they came in you know like uh, probably like he's uh, in a good mood playing you know and then and he was like he was a big guy he was like well oh, you have no problems but where is the music mm. so everybody like got down you know, like you know, so anyway, so then at the at the end of the session, one of the students had the guts to ask uh, a question. Where do you take the motivation from? And he says, from the music, of course, mm. the music itself. It was so good the way he said it. And then after she said to me, oh, you students have a good uh, psychology, you know? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, because I don't say, there is the music, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but of course, it uh, it's, we we are on the same planet in that we want the, the results in
2: you know?
1: mm-hmm. just different ways, you know? Right. Uh, and, uh, but uh, I think f- f- back to your question, but to not forget uh, music as art, Mm. music as uh, a fantastic uh, world of beauty and experiences and comfort and things like that uh, and of course the, the students who only have one thing in mind, i got to get an orchestra job that could be they could be disappointed because especially in your country there are not so many jobs mm-hmm. uh, but But if you really must do music, you need to look for the other options. You know, there's chamber music, there's teaching, there's bands, there's young people growing up. I think teaching is is so important.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Whether they're gonna go into the profession or not, but that that they understand or get this experience of what music can do for you. Absolutely. I mean, go to a funeral and somebody sings a song, and you know, it's um, shh, big tears mm-hmm. are coming, um, and to hang on to that somehow—that the music itself—it's not just the job coming down the road.
0: Mm-hmm. It's it's expression. It's your personal something of our soul. I think, yeah, comes out in the music, yeah, or or, or what have you. Our our life energy or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, if you imagine a society without music, you like they had it in Afghanistan, I guess, for some years, were forbidden to to sing, whistle, play anything. It's terrible.
0: Mm -hmm. That's comforting to hear uh, that you you are still motivated and still positive. Um, You know what 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 excites you still about the horn and about about making music.
1: I think these days. I mean, I I quit playing publicly in, in my late sixties. Uh, I tried to quit, you know, and then <laughs> some people oh, I was like, "Oh, Fridays, can't you just play something easy?" You know, and I'm like, "What exactly is easy?" <laughs> <laughs> because either you're in shape or you're not in shape. You know. Uh, but anyway, I still practice and I play a little bit um, for the students. What excites me nowadays is the teaching. Mm. Uh, is a teaching, uh, the, I have good DNA in my family and I I like to teach and I like to help and I like to hear that they do progress on the spot if, if that's possible, uh, just because of my advice or my suggestions or mm-hmm. my directing or whatever, or screaming, <laughs> if you like. But, uh, and that excites me still. And of course, going to a live concert. I was a live concert two days ago, and was ready to start crying, you know, just because it was live, you know. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's. I think we are because uh, the the United States is so we're so spread out that you know different different things are happening in different places depending on, you know, how many cases are are in that area. But there are some places where live music is starting to 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 get get going again, which is nice.
1: Yeah, and they start to be, you know, smaller things, you know, as chamber groups and a little bit sit apart, you know. And, but it's, there's a lot of good music out there for smaller groups. You
0: know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I wanted to ask you about, uh, you wrote such a lovely remembrance of uh, Ib Lansky Otto for, this would this would be in the February issue of the Horn Call. Uh, we, we recently lost him. Uh, he's an honorary member of the International Horn Society, a very well-known soloist and clinician um, and you have a personal connection to him, is there anything uh, you, you might like to share about about your relationship with him and his importance to, to the world of horn playing and to you as a, a horn player musician?
1: Yeah, he was a great inspiration, you know, when I first met him and heard him play because he had already developed such control, but also such courage to take chances uh, and the uh, chances on dynamic stuff and on on uh, to agogic stuff and and he really made a difference you know he was uh, uh, so inspiring so but as a person we were so so close like brothers sisters as the years went by and uh, we could really uh, speak to each other about stuff you know mm. i mean uh, he had a recording out of a piece i don't want to say which piece anyway and then we, just, we talked about that and I said, yeah, but you know, your intonation isn't exactly 100% of my taste, you know. And he got really, got really shocked as sort of like the Danish drunk Danes, said to me your sound could be better, you know. Uh, and he was like, really? Really? <laughs> mm-hmm. And so then he went home and started to do buzzing and playing on the mouthpiece and you know, just fixing things a little bit. And then on the other hand, I had a recording come out and I can say exactly which piece that was, the Kirubini second sonata, which I was happy with because it's a hard piece, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> just to get through it uh, and some strings. And, and then he says, oh, yeah, that was a boring interpretation. <laughs> and uh. then I listened to it like 20 years later and he had absolutely right. You know,
0: it's really boring. Uh.
1: <laughs> so it's just nice to have some friends who have the guts to say stuff like that, you know.
0: So. It, it is a true friend who can be 100% honest with you. I have found that. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But of course you don't want it all the time.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah.
1: <laughs> For everything. Yeah.
0: Discretion is very important.
1: <laughs> yeah. and uh, Then back to what can you say to whom and when.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Picking picking your moments is very, very important. Um, and it's something you mentioned uh, just just now about intonation uh that that brings up something you mentioned in your book you talk about different different types of intonation harmonic intonation melodic intonation and this is something that uh you mentioned that not a lot of teachers talk about could you could you t- tell us a little bit about uh your thoughts on that
1: yeah i uh, well, there's like for classical music uh, three kinds, you know, the tempered that everybody knows is the mm-hmm. like the piano and the tuner and the F sharp is the same as the G flat, you
2: know. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and then there is the so-called just or harmonic intonation, which has has a lot of followers, um, like it for brass quintet and for you mm-hmm. group playing chords in the orchestra the trombones and tubas, you know, they're really working hard to. Get this to the ring, you know, the the overtones to mm-hmm. come out, uh, and that's very very important and very good. And then there's the third one, the melodic or uh, expressive intonation. I also like to call it the horizontal, so that the music the one note follows the the other, but it should be in tune.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm, whatever that is in tune, and the, this system is used by string players, uh, all the good string players. Except when they play in baroque settings, then there's often a more focus on, on the harmonics,
2: mm-hmm. the
1: open strings, etc. And then it's used by the best woodwinds and it's used by the best singers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's very much used by the pop singers, you know, like, <laughs> like you you get this slide up to the leading tone tension 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 and release absolutely it's a strong tool Um, so and of course my background i studied violin since i was six years old so it must have been 14 years i studied it yeah Uh, and so you know i i just think we shouldn't limit ourselves to to only think in chords Mm -hmm. so I'm planning to write a little letter to you, the editor, about this.
0: <laughs> well, I look forward to that. That would—that's. I'm looking forward to reading it. Do you yes. have any? Uh, so, you know, for working on just intonation, there's lots of uh, you know exercises with tuning drones and that sort of thing one can do. Do you have any advice for developing this sense of melodic intonation?
1: Yeah. Well, get a good teacher. <laughs> <laughs> it would be one, and uh, listen to recordings. Uh, but, you know, you need to develop this sense of high standard, you know. Mm-hmm. You know? So, so it's really about leading tones. I mean, uh, when I played violin, I, my second or third teacher, he was having me play a scale uh, on one string <clears throat> like this. So that the, the the B and the C, the two last notes would be the same, but they would be played with two different fingers.
2: Oh.
1: Oh. So the faster you played it, the more this second to last note became a B, but a very sharp B. Mm -hmm. And of course this tempered B is too flat. Mm -hmm. If you want it really close. It's Mm -hmm. just the teacher needs to help to wake up. And the minor, major third, minor third is a big discussion. Like, should it be sad? Or should it be sadder? Mm. You hear the difference? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have choices. Uh, Are we happy? Maybe. Maybe more happy,
0: mm-hmm. so that the, the
1: third really leads to the fourth.
0: That gives us so many options in terms of expression and.
1: Yes. <laughs> right, it is an additional tool.
0: Well, that sounds like it would be a uh, a lifetime of study to really continue yeah. to work on that. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: That's good. I yeah, I, I'm very much looking forward to to reading what you send in. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> Freudis, I don't want to take too much of your time today. I, I can't thank you enough. I thought it might be nice to um maybe wrap up our discussion by talking about the the International Horn Society, since this is after all the IHS podcast, maybe the the importance of it to you and your career professionally. And then maybe if you want to share anything with some of the younger listeners about why it would be important for them to to join the IHS and to support it.
1: Yeah, I joined the IHS as soon as I heard about it in my time uh, because I think it's just the right thing to do, to find, join together and uh, be inspired from each other and solve problems together and develop new activities together. So I think the, the whole idea is super uh, and the magazines of course uh, are very very useful for lot of things and for reflection and inspiration um, for me personally i was invited in first time in 73 because barry tuckle had heard me at some point and already then the half of the audience were women and they were complaining you know because all the artists were men so he said, "Well, I heard one who can play <laughs> or something. I don't know what exactly he said, but I was invited
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and so I came there and i I had uh, an interesting repertoire to present the berge Lo that's become standard and then Aaronnya uh, so so i I wasn't nervous because I knew I had something to to contribute mm-hmm. uh, and I got an overwhelming response you know and of course the americans are wonderful in that they 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 tell you they stand in line to tell you that they like the playing and in scandinavia we are a little bit more shy about those things and and so (laughs) so i was like wow i didn't know i was that good Uh. (laughs) but then they asked me back you know and i every year i gave a lecture about something and i presented some new stuff and i met these fantastic players like and Civil, who we were not friends, but uh, when I stood between them, it was okay. <laughs> and uh, we played quartets, you know, and, and uh, uh, Clevenger was uh, inspiration. And, um, you know, so for me, it was fantastic, simply fantastic. Uh, but also I, I picked up many ideas and I also uh, realized that I had something to contribute mm-hmm. uh, with my, uh, I've been focusing on commissioning pieces and, and getting new repertoire, and you know, doing not just play another Mozart CD. Uh, so, uh, <clears throat> so, so for me it has been, and as far as young people today, you know, it's really good. I saw now that you have this uh, e-membership thing mm-hmm. because I think they are so used to getting everything on their telephone. You know, it's just an incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it, all the same arguments I would use, you know, to to encourage people to join. Mm-hmm. Well, I
0: Absolutely. think the, the the symposia, the the community of it, and you know, I, I look forward to when we can have them again and <laughs> be yeah. be together. Uh, is there a particular symposium that was especially memorable or or, or interesting for you?
1: No, I think that all of them were interesting in But of course, the first one was the the biggest shock. Maybe I met Farkas and I met John Barrows. And uh, Mm -hmm. these are fantastic names now. And uh, Doug Hill, yeah, I mean, no, just now I won't say that one's sticking. Yeah, well, maybe in France, there was an in Avignon where Mm -hmm. they asked me to give a recital. Uh, and I prepared a recital, I brought my own pianist and I played really good. I have to say it myself, I was completely okay. And at the same time, I had, had some private stuff that made me really angry. And I think that gave a lot of energy. I was <laughs> <laughs> so like, okay, I'm gonna play this concert, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and that uh, Espana that you, it's out on IHS, uh, mm-hmm it's from that concert.
0: Mm-hmm. So the
1: only thing I regret there is that they cut out the applause, you know.
0: Oh, on the recording? Yes, I've heard yeah, yeah.
1: it. Yeah, because it is live. Mm-hmm. It, it's really live, but it could, sounds like it could have been, you know, a,
0: a studio recording. It was fantastic. I, yeah, I, I remember when I first started studying that uh, I I went and found your recording in the library, so yeah. very, very yeah. inspirational to me.
1: Yeah, it's now I think it's too too fast, but at the time, I, uh, that's how I
0: played it. <laughs> you, had the, you had the adrenaline going, so. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Must be that, that extra yeah. anger, yeah.
0: yeah. Well, well Freudis, this has been lovely, and I, I can't thank you enough. I hope that uh, we have lots and lots of listeners to this uh, podcast, and uh, it's it's been such a pleasure speaking with you today.
1: Thank you and likewise and best of luck with the journal and everything. Thank you. keep, Keep at it.